I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. I would want Sam Joe to introduce our guest, but your voice is fried, my friend. Honestly, guys, if you haven't gotten COVID yet, please don't get COVID because <laughs> this is how long fucking COVID sounds like. I don't think this is the... Co- don't blame it on the COVID all the time. I think what's happened is you've been Jojo Sinclair and you've been performing night after night and you've been screaming, just taking in that audience energy and now... It's crushed your voice. But I'm actually quite fearful. I mean, what if I'm like Adele and I've like, or Julie Andrews and I'm like nodules and no. stuff like that. I'll never be able to sing again. And I feel worried for you because you're actually about to board a flight for a show. You're going to see Sugar Babes live. Doesn't matter. Even if I don't have my voice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like use all of my body to make sure they hear me. Okay, so you're going to go for that show. I'm going to go for The Return of Straight Acting by Wild Rice. So this is something I'm very excited about because you've seen the play. Yeah. I haven't. And with us right now, we've got the cast from Straight Acting produced by Wild Rice. It's Dion and Darren. Hello. Hey. Before we dive into Straight Acting, I want to get to know both of you a little bit more. A little birdie told me, their manager, that Darren is straight. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining us on this show. I'm very excited to, to hear straight people thoughts about life and things. You know, this is very fascinating, the subject in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> is it the first time you are talking to a straight person, Josh? I mean, Please don't pretend. Do you know who the sugar babes are? I had to Google them for a while. Uh, but, oh, but hold on, hold on. You see, you, see, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Mm. Hold on, hold on. I, mm. I, well, well, once Sam Joe was sharing the song names, I, I, yeah, it rang, rang a bell. Okay, okay. And, yeah. and what is Britney Spears' best song? Oh my God. If you say toxic, you're straight. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Genie in a bottle? Oh my. You're kidding, right? He's trolling us. No, Are you kidding? No. That's, That's Christina Aguilera. No, don't. No, really? Yes. Dion, Dion, save, save your friend right now. Dear yes. Ivan Heng, <laughs> what is this? What is happening? At least I didn't go if, if I were a boy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. True, that would have been All right, we're going to get to know each other a little bit more before we dive into straight acting, the topic and the play itself. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to strip it down, get naked with our truth. Okay, so we're going to just, for a couple of minutes, ask each other whatever we want, no holes barred, so you can get to know us and we can get to know you as well. Okay, Mm. my first question is to Dion. So I hear that you are a lamb. Oh, I wonder which little birdie told us. Yo, which little birdie? Um, (laughs) Once again, your producer, your assistant. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm a little lamb. Like, if you were... to perform one show of straight acting and in the crowd you see Mariah Carey just watching you like a hawk. What would you do? Dolphin tones. All the way through. All the way. Just all, your all lines. the lines in Dolphin. So only she can hear me. Nobody else can. <laughs> yes. It's for you, Mariah. Yes. Yeah. How I got to know that Dion is such a huge lamb. Mm-hmm. I had a privilege of being in an M1 Fringe Festival play with Dion. She came to rehearsals with like this little like backpack. It was very obnoxious. Everything. <laughs> but... It wasn't just the backpack that was obnoxious. It was the fact that she had this little, like, pin badge. You know those little buttons that you... You know, yeah. like, the safety pin like kind of badge. Like, you just bling out your backpack. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she had, she had a few, but there was one that stood out to me. It was Mariah Carey's 
face and bosom. Oh, like just like filling up. It wasn't. I don't know whether there was a bosom. I in think there. it was bosom. It was a glitter album, it, no? It, no, it was. A, it was what just was it? her face singing, um, soulfully to me. I remember it, and then one day you lost it. Yeah, I did. I did. I did lose for it for a moment. For a moment. Then you found it. Then I you, found it. Then so I. So Dion panicked like mad because she was like, "Oh my god, where is my Mariah?" Oh no! And then everyone was like, literally, like going Looking around the studio around. trying to find it. We walked around like, Kerbau, was it Kerbau Road? Kerbau Road. But actually, she was just right there, just waiting for me. She was face bleeding. up. Oh um, yeah, I found her. Clipped her back onto my bag. Reunited. Still oh, lamb. Yeah, still lamb. She's a tiny lamb. Yeah. Beautiful yeah. happy ending right there. Yeah. One sweet day. There you yeah. go. Yeah. We belong together. <laughs> Against all odds, you know, through the rain, you still believed that you would find it. Yeah, she's my hero. Okay. And just that. And just like that. Yeah. All right, and and Darren. Avenue. Sorry, yes. Have you ever been to a gay bar? Yes. Dorothy's. Oh, you Dorothy's. Dorothy's. Yes. 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 On Trangano. Yes, Trangano. Yes, yep. Dorothy's. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? To be very honest, it was sort of like a cast party. I think I was still very sheltered there, looking and seeing things. Yeah, it's just like any other bar. Okay. Well, that's what it feels like. Have you been to Dorothy's before? I don't think I have. Okay, no. I'm going to take I you. I haven't cause... either. Okay. Oh, wait, oh, no, I God. have. I have. I have. I have been to Dorothy's. I've had, yeah, I, I had a date there once. Ooh. Oh. I actually <laughs> know that I, I remember a bit closer. It felt more lively, to be very honest. Like, no, it felt more fun. The energy felt more fun only because you don't have like, from my experience, that a bunch of guys will, will go to a bar and then they'll start eagle eyeing like, hey, look, she's hot. I love Dorothy's. I think it's a breath of fresh air compared to Neil Road. And you know me, I love Neil Road on the weekends. But Dorothy's is slightly further from the Madding crowd. Mm. And it's a little like, you know, on the second story, mm. there's a little veranda kind of yeah. like uh, your, what do you call it? New Orleans, uh, Mardi Gras kind of situation. Mm. It's like a balcony and it's closer to the train base. station and if mm. you're hungry yeah. you can get like a mango right below you. Yeah, or durian because <laughs> there's a yeah. durian the store, store. Right below it. Um, you that. can pick up plants right now because you just opened the plant store. Yeah, right like, below. You know, yeah, a lot of like pandemic planters all of a sudden. It's fun because it's so small and intimate. Mm. Yeah. And mm. it's, it's, it's really like you walk in and you can see everyone who's in the bar and if you don't like it, you can like turn around and walk yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. On the way out, yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, it's, they're not like hidden exes, like hiding in the corners and like mm. waiting to surprise you, that kind of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm. I like it. And I think that if, especially if you go in the daytime and this is something, by the way, we're recording this episode in the afternoon, which is very weird for me because I'm like, why am I even awake? Yeah, queer people and the sun. <sighs> yeah, I'm like, oh my God, can you please stop shouting and everything? I'm not saying I'm hungover. I'm not. I'm just saying it's very bright right now. And Dorothy's is better enjoyed when there is sunlight because like, especially when you sit outside on the veranda and you can like people watch and everything. Mm. You can watch all these tourists like, you know, milling through Chinatown and everything. It's quite fascinating. I don't think I've ever been to like a like a gay bar in the daytime because it kind of like it strips away the kind of like yeah. the the, the, mm. the sexual side to it. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, we're just here to have a good time, and I think that's exactly what Darren felt like. You know, mm. he's he he was there to have a good time, and he did yeah. with his cast members, and he okay. did. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, essentially, that's what the conversation we're going to have later on is going to be about, right? Like living in the shadows, coming into the light. I think the experience of going to a gay bar for me has always been like, it's a nighttime thing. Everyone else is asleep. No one knows where I'm going. I'm going to go to this place and it's going to be colorful lights and it's going to be music. And if I feel awkward, I go to a corner and just sort of disappear or just sit by myself or find a friend and talk to them. Not so much the sex part, you know, it's just more of like 
living in the shadows, living in the quiet. And just the idea of going to like, even like a gay friendly cafe, mm. for example. I, I know when I, when I was in London, I remember seeing a bunch of those, but you'd see the pride flag outside and, and you can just sit outside and meet other people like you. And it's very friendly. That was a nice experience. Maybe I should go to Dorothy. I didn't know Dorothy's opened in the daytime. They do. Um, I mean, like late afternoon, like let's Google this. Like I've definitely- It's not a brunch thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get avocado and toast at Dorothy's. I mean, depending on who you are, if you're me, like if it's 4 p.m., it's totally brunch time. If like, you demand it, it will come. Yeah, but okay. I've definitely plucked Dorothy's on this podcast before, but I'm just trying to say, if you want like a daytime, like safe space. Yeah, huh? Regardless of your orientation, I okay. feel like Dorothy's is a really good place to go to. Okay. And now is a chance for you to ask us something, whatever you want. Okay, I think I have something for for you. This is in regards to the episode of Two Deads, right? Um, well, you've listened to our podcast? Double Deads. Yes, Double Deads, yes. Yep. Uh, the one with Cameron and Andrea. Right? Yeah, Cameron yeah. and Andre. Yeah, so you mentioned that uh, you were thinking, as in you had this thought of having children. Yeah. Yeah, and somehow, somewhere along the way, those thoughts sort of disappeared or, or took a back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that now? Since it's been six months since you first talk, uh, went on the podcast with them, right? It's funny you mentioned, I just had dinner with Cam and Andre just a couple of nights ago and they did ask me about where I am right now in my life and, and like, hey, do you want to get married at some point? Is that like in the horizon? And still for me, it still feels like such a stretch like I, I like I'm thinking of the relationship itself. Like, can we get to a point where we can talk about that comfortably? Because I think for queer people in Singapore, that's not even in the trajectory of things. Mm-hmm. Even if it is possible, even if like three seven seven A is repealed tomorrow and we're on that road to gay marriage being legal, and I would see my friends get married on Instagram, I'd feel very happy for them, but. Just looking at the relationship I'm, I'm in right now, I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with, you know, helping my partner to understand that this is possible. Also, then I have to like talk to my family about, yeah, this is possible. It isn't a sham. Uh, so I, I feel like that process feels so arduous and maybe just not yet right now in our relationship. I, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Maybe I'll just like marry myself, be lame, just marry myself and then find a way to have a child and then be a fantastic single parent. Yeah, but thank you for asking. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing like, wrong with that. I kind of married myself when I turned 30. Like I had like a banquet hall booked out and mm-hmm. just had a party. And You're going to marry the night, Gaga. Yeah, basically. Or like you can be like Anita Mui and like marry the stage, you know? Hey, hey. Yeah, like I really yeah. wanted a child. Now nah, I got Kindle and that's great. That was a joke, by the way. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us? Mm, well, after that question, my question is going to sound real basic, but I just no. got a... Uh, it's a fun thing I like to do with new people to break the ice, which is... I know carbs, sometimes carbs is like a dirty word, but mm-hmm. I am a carb princess. <gasps> and um, so if you had to rank... Wait, can we take a moment to appreciate that you're a carb princess? Can you please put that on your Instagram it profile? It is on my Instagram oh, profile. My yeah. It's like, it's Woo. actor, carb princess, auntie at heart, because that truly is me. Yes. All three. Yes. I love uh, that. Yeah, but um, so if you had to rank your carbs, like would you choose bread, noodles, or rice? 
This oh, is the greatest question wow. anyone has ever asked oh. on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. You I want agree. us to do a tier list of carbs? Yes. Oh my God. Where I is noodles this. on this list? Let's oh all answer. I want to hear yours as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's start with this, Samjo. This is very tough. I need to stay true to my Asian roots. And I can't help but think back to last night when I was having a beauty in the pot session. And when I was drinking the soup, all I could think of was like, whoa, this would go so well with rice. And I'm sorry, like, I'm going to vote rice. Rice, top of my list. Okay. And the rest, whatever I feel like I'm in the mood for. I mean, noodles, come on, chopsticks, troublesome. So I would say rice, bread. Noodles. Okay. Okay. I made my choice. And Darren? Good choice. (laughs) Rice noodle bread. Ooh, okay. What what is your like noodle choice? Because this is very important, right? There's the Ooh. in sort of Singapore yeah. at least we've got like mee kia, mee pok. Yes. Mm. I like a very weird one, by the way. I like mee tai mak. Mee tai mak. Oh, <laughs> that's not weird. That's a okay. lot of people find that really gross because it looks all squiggly. But I really rat's like tail. Rat's tail. Tail. Yeah. It's essentially it means rat's tail. By yeah. The way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, love, I love it. it. It's so like. Nostalgic. Yeah. It makes me yeah. think of being a kid. Mm. Yeah. So same. slimy though. Like, so you don't like it? No, oh, oh, I see. I, well, it depends. It depends. Choice. It depends how I cook it. If you fry the meat, I'm up, I will eat it. Okay. But if it's like bachor mee kind, right? I will go for mee pop. Ooh. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So it's like the flat noodle. Yes. Flat. Uh, I, lo- I love mee pop. I like it thick yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love my soba noodles and I love a good ramen noodle, mm. but that is my last in my carb tier oh, list oh. Um, rice will be number two because I'm like you as well like a lot of people go to like a high tea lao hot pot and they'll be like why would you order rice I'm like it goes so well with a bowl of rice it's just something very comforting about like even just making rice in the rice cooker mm. and then like you know you stir right. it after it's done and then you open it up and the steam fills the room so something about like a nice hot bowl of rice I can have it very simple with like a like a soup on the side or even even like sort of the Mediterranean rice, I'll have it with like hummus and I'm also good to go. But my number one is actually bread, but not more bread, not like a baguette, not like a croissant, not one of those scones. Um, <laughs> I am super, super, super basic. I'm actually for the Asian bread. So, you yes. know, the, the sweet hing cake shop. Yeah. Not even like bread talk, no. but the downstairs, your house, yes. the, 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 bread, kind. the bread, bread point. Yes. Let me tell you the greatest bread ever is like $2. It's the six red bean bun all connected mm, together yeah. one. then you go to tear them apart you go to yeah. and it's just like it's so soft and fluffy and then you tell yourself you'll eat two and then you eat three but then you're like ah, might as well halfway there and then you finish <laughs> all five and you leave one pathetic piece there yep. for later on so I love that I love like a Hokkaido milk bun Four Lee stopped selling the Hokkaido milk oh. bun this is the greatest question you've ever asked <laughs> and yeah. you're so horrible because I'm on keto right now oh. <laughs> so this is like this entire so time, Dion is just like so smiling and laughing in glee. Look at her. She's like, yeah, I love carbs. Everyone we, is actually a carb princess secretly. I love that. Can yeah. we please go get carbs together? Because sometimes, like sometimes my friends as well, they're like, oh my God, we're not going to eat rice today. And then I feel so self-conscious for eating rice. So then I'm on this keto thing. It's so nice to see like carb positive people. Yes, yeah, so we're going to embrace it. Yeah. Hug it, eat it. Mine is rice because Asian cup princess. I gotta eat rice. Um, yes. And then it's noodles, which I agree. I like both mikia and mipok, so <laughs> I don't discriminate. And then it's bread. I One hate the time. yellow noodle though. You yeah, know that no, yellow I'm not noodle? about that. Yeah. It's got a funky smell and it's like. Unless you do like a double rinse or like a. 
situation. Yeah, the texture is like, mm mm. I think the yellow noodle just harkens back to like primary school. Yeah. And it was like the cheapest, noodle. cheapest noodle option. Yeah, back when noodles were below a dollar. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Let's really oh talk about God. that. Like, do y'all remember? Like, I really... Okay, Dion obviously is laughing because she doesn't remember because she's like 1994 kid. Wait, you're 1994? You're freaking like baby? No. Do you I'm know the sugar babes? I, I, I do. <laughs> okay, but, but suffice to say, she's not even 30 yet. Just like, that's true. It's okay. Yeah, that's true. I believe the children are the future. <laughs> so we know what we're going to have after this conversation today. We're just going to pile on the carbs. Uh, but let's dive in right now to straight acting. Let's get to know Wild Rice's straight acting, the production first. Two couples, two queer couples. There's a gay couple and a lesbian couple. And they kind of get together and devise a plan to work around some kind of laws and situations that are uh, in Singapore and to start their own family so that they can have their own houses and their own um, their own families, kids and stuff. Um, so I play Olivia, so one half of the lesbian couple and Darren plays... Yeah, and I play Jia Ming, which is also one half of the gay couple. These two couples come to try and work around the system, work around the law and system in Singapore that essentially works in favour for straight couples, right? Mm. Uh, be it the housing law, children policy. Can we relate to straight acting? Because I know for many gay men, I'll speak from that experience, I think of Chinese New Year, them asking, when are you getting married? And then you tell them soon. That's also straight acting. You're pretending to be someone you're not, right? Just to survive. I think in other territories as well, where being queer can be dangerous for you, straight acting is a necessity just to get by. When we think of straight acting, what does that mean to the lives that we've lived so far? I wouldn't say it's a problem for me because after a while, my family just stopped asking. But I know that for a lot of people, it's like an annual stressor because you have to go meet your extended family and a lot of them just don't know that you might be queer and their heteronormative concept just, you may not fit into that. If they would ask a guy, like, where's your girlfriend? After ask a girl, like, where's your boyfriend? Like, just like, this is an assumption that people are straight. And it's because of this assumption that leads to people having to pretend that there's something that they're not sometimes. And I think that's, that's quite traumatic, actually, for some people. And that's why a lot of people have this tradition of running away during Chinese New Year <laughs> or mm. during family gatherings. It, it doesn't just have to be Chinese New Year, right? I mean, you don't have to be Chinese for this, obviously. But it could be anything. It could be just any extended family gathering. It's like, oh, you all just don't know who I am. Like, why are you asking all these questions? But I think it goes further than that also. It's not just about people asking you point blank what your relationship status is. It's also about expectations of how a man should behave or what a woman should look like, for instance. And I think that there are all these microaggressions and just assumptions and expectations that are piled onto people. That society piles onto you and it gets really, really tiring Especially if you don't conform to like society's norm. It gets so tiring to kind of like have to go, why do you even have to explain yourself? You know, because you're just being yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. I know you can relate. Yeah, I think I think I agree with the microaggressions bit, right? So I have short hair, really short hair, and it's always a conversation topic at like Chinese New Year. It's like, oh, why you cut your hair so short? And if it's a distant relative, I'm like, yeah, the weather's good. It's good for the weather. It's very hot these days, you know? It's these <laughs> things because I'm like, what do you want me to say? I look cute. Mm. I mean, yeah, I do, girl. So, like, but that's not a valid response to them. All these little things that kind of add up and it chips away at you. A lot of it becomes 
just for getting by you know you, you don't want to make it difficult for somebody else or you don't want to inconvenience somebody else so you conceal your own truth or you, you straight act a little bit yeah in that, in that sense right? that is that is life before you come out of the closet right mm. you're essentially straight acting all the way until you come out of the closet um but for many people as well that goes beyond coming out of the closet when you're okay uh you're gay but then you're still straight acting and that then is a different conversation, which is about sort of policing feminine traits or masculinity. And um, there's also a lot of prejudice in the community regarding that aspect as well. I mean, I think it can be summed up in one word. It's patriarchy. It's patriarchy. It's society telling us that so-called masculine traits are more desirable than feminine traits. If you're a guy... God forbid you should exhibit anything that doesn't scream, I am a hot-blooded straight dude, that would somehow threaten other people's masculinity. It's, it's fragile masculinity. It's toxic masculinity. Conversely, if like a woman doesn't so-called play her part and like be that, oh, demure, damsel in distress sometimes, like, you know, and then suddenly you are feminine being who, who wears skirts and lipstick, then... Somehow you are considered deviant, which I feel like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Dion, like, why should you even... If you get a haircut, you get a haircut. Oh, like, most people, like, guys, if they get a haircut, it's like, oh, you got a haircut. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but for some reason, Dion has to explain to people, I got my hair cut because, like, <laughs> yeah. why? Like, I don't understand. Essentially, straight acting is pretending to be someone you're not, right? So loving from that place, living from that place, existing in that place of shame, right? Where you're unable to live and love as your authentic self. And I think it begins with sort of sexuality, right? And and putting heterosexuality on a pedestal as something to aspire to. And then comes the behavioral stuff where this is how straight people ought to behave. And therefore, even if you were to come out of the closet, you're still recognizing that. So you still want to, because I, I think of when I was a kid, I would deepen my voice. And, and even sometimes like as well, like if I want to be taken seriously or I see someone really cute around the corner, I try to deepen my voice. And because I think that is the more attractive version of myself. You know, I wouldn't wear like the flamboyant, wild, colorful things that I'm drawn to because I think it may be too feminine and it may be off-putting for other people. So still, I think many of us, including myself especially, I feel like I'm still straight acting to today, even out of the closet. I think it's a very deep-seated um, social construct that began since don't know when, right? How how we have to behave a certain way based on what sexuality we were born with. Mm -hmm. To be very honest, from my journey and my perspective, um, I think, Josh, you put it very well that uh, strict acting... Uh, it's not just about the sexuality. It's it's there's there's a whole package to it. It's the idea of how a man should be the man of the house, right. you know, and the women, uh, the women how how they are being looked at in the sense how uh, how the house is being kept, how the children are being brought up, and that's the responsibility of women. Yeah, the role that they the ought role to play. play. Yeah, my dad and mom actually go around saying, "Hey, you're a man. You got to be a man of the house." Even um, as a straight person, you're straight acting at times. Yeah, I kid you not. Uh, even going to the uh, to this uh, line of uh, work, performance essentially, right? And theater is acting is very different from dance, right? Um, singing is very different from dance, right? 
just because I, I did a couple of musicals uh, earlier on in my career, my dad asked me, oh, when's your next dance show? Um, the, the idea of not understanding what this is, there's no concept of embracing uh, something different mm. or no concept of understanding or, or, or being open to all these different ideas and perspectives of how one should be. I think I'm kind of like a little rebel in my family. And this is not at all like an attack on masculinity. The issue is when you're starting to become something you're not and you view as undesirable, be it with yourself or with other people, that when left unsupervised can lead to queer people bullying masculine presenting guys you know picking on feminine um queer people or or we hear comments like oh i don't want to watch rupaul's drag race i don't want to have anything to do drag queens you know like i'll go to like a, a gay pool party you know with a whole bunch of muscular men but i don't want to have anything to do with someone who's a trans person for example and and that all sort of begins from you were taught to be straight and then you felt comfortable with your sexuality so you started owning that part you kind of left it there and you didn't check on the other bit of shame that sort of metastasizing and affecting other areas of your life as well yeah it's social constructs and it's people finding the need to put other people in boxes speaking from someone who who's in his early 30s and a lot of his friends straight friends especially are having kids right now okay you go shopping for your friend's kids right like what do you buy and you ha- you actually think of the gender like you know especially if they're a toddler and it's not just clothes it's it's like toys what kind of toys would you buy for a boy versus a girl I'm gonna admit like I'm one of those boys who enjoy both I enjoy ramming a toy truck into the wall but I also enjoy tearing apart a Barbie doll or, and slash dressing her up like you know call me destructive or whatever but I, I would like to say I'm creative and I think increasingly less so and I hope so but a lot of people tend to want to police what children do right I feel like we're all complicit to some extent we all grew up in this society also and I don't think a lot of us had a choice I remember this like particular episode when my little boy cousin like fell down and he started crying very loudly and I don't know what it was what kind of brainwash I went through but I definitely was a product of this societal construct and instead of saying are you okay and everything I said get up boys don't cry and I was a kid then but I was a very young teenager but I was already conditioned to go if you're a boy you shouldn't cry like thinking back I'm so fucking ashamed of myself. But I know it also wasn't my fault. And I tell you kids like absorb like sponges, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of policing that will make you go like, oh my God, I better like fall in line. And I better like so-called act straight lah. Like, you know, and anyway, my little cousin who fell down and started crying like turned out to be a fabulous gay boy. And like, (laughs) I fucking love him. Good for him. I'm glad that I didn't like, you know, get in his way. But yeah, anyway, that was my little experience. I don't know. Especially after being a part of a production where street acting is at the center of it. And obviously there's a storyline that you're following and you're all playing characters, but you also get to sort of interact with other cast members on this as well. The character I play, Olivia, she she's a little bit more resistant to straight acting or trying to be the straight woman that you want me to be, you know, the the ideal woman of society. So it's been quite a journey to go on because I there is the compliance, the, the abiding by the certain rules, but then you also start to see the, the cracks that kind of happen. And I think I can stand to learn a thing from two, 
uh, from her, you know. I still do things that are like internalized societal construct things, right? Or you explain yourself, you over-explain yourself, and sometimes you just don't have to. Mm. You're like, fuck that. Why am I making myself smaller or why am I compromising myself for you? Mm-hmm. There's no way to live yeah. your own life. It's good for other people because yeah. it makes their life a little bit more comfortable. But does that serve you? you mm-hmm. know? And and that's something I'm still learning in my own personal life is that having something in my headspace, does that serve me? A little bit of myself, I think, also has slipped into Olivia. And that's the nature of just being an actor, I think. Yeah. Um, because I present masculine, right? But And so people look at me and think, oh, must be a butch. And I'm like, sorry, sis. I'm like, <laughs> actually. <laughs> She's <laughs> <But> lamb. <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl. Um, but it's just first impression. And it's not like I'm trying to um, make myself hyper femme to fit a certain. It's just like, it's just me. I mean, you can wear boy clothes and do whatever you want. Then with Olivia, that also has seeped in because I think it's very easy to associate this masculine energies or these resistance to wanting to be a straight woman as uh, she's just being the masculine figure she's being the the, the boy inverted close inverted commas yeah. um, in it but actually she also has all these soft qualities and the, these ideals and, and hopes of wanting to start a family and creating their own space that it's comfortable and it it stems from also her history, right? With yeah. her family and all that. And it's, I think that's what's beautiful about the work. It's that there's this idea of a dream, a mm-hmm. hope. And that you get to kind of break the intergenerational trauma, mm-hmm. right? Because we are all products of our parents and their parents. And I think with Olivia, there's the sense of, I want to make my own space. Unfortunately, at this moment, this plan seems to be the easiest way to get what they want yeah. but then it's these four friends coming together to do this together I think that's something quite silly mm-hmm. <laughs> it is quite silly but it's also quite empowering for them because the, these like four queer renegades like you know what let's chosen family yeah chosen exactly. family and they're going we'll make it work for us exactly yeah, like, like let's find a way to make it work we don't agree with this system you know what we will have to do whatever we can so that we can put a, f- a roof over our heads yeah. and that we can live together and take care of each other no matter what the cost is I like I realized that once I started just saying that I'm gay and if anyone asks I'm gay or I have a boyfriend or like I don't kind of hide that anymore it's become a lot easier to just be like I'm gay oh this is my boyfriend you know and not feel that pinch of oh my god what is this person going to think whereas before it'd be like should I be straight acting here or not right but I do recognize moments where I've had to just not even bring it up like I, I'll say this is my partner I don't say like this is my friend I think that is then denying my sexuality um, but unfortunately like given sort of a lot of the red tape in Singapore especially with work I've had to use like they them pronouns for my partner by doing so though I don't like man up my voice or anything I'm still gonna be like like this week we're gonna kiki in my friend's place and then my partner is gonna come over so I'm still gonna be myself like as so I'm very conscious about that so while I know and recognize the red tape and I have to work around that but I'm not gonna be afraid to tap into my feminine energy or drop a little hint here and there once in a while um so i guess that's sort of my current relationship with straight acting like when i catch up with my mom and stuff i still 
just say it, you know, because it's always like at the back of like at the tip of your tongue where you want to be like, oh, I'm meeting my boyfriend after this. But then you don't want to say it. So you just want to say, like, I'm meeting my friend after this. Now I just push myself to say it. I mean, I'm meeting my boyfriend after this and I don't care what the reaction is, you know, so I don't have to live with that shame. So I don't have to exercise that shame in me because it will have consequences i'm curious darren you're a straight person and you're playing a queer character as well and and for people wondering what that experience is like for you um what was some of the research that you did um what have you learned from playing this role uh that's changing your life right now as well I think this LGBTQ community uh, was, I think, quite new to me because of how I was brought up. Mm -hmm. But being in the industry, my eyes were opened and I thought, oh, okay. I developed more, I think, open views. Can lah, can. I should be able to touch on some of the personal history of the character. And then when we really dive into the script and then when we were like, uh, we had workshops and whatnot, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm this straight little boy sitting here and who still do not know a thing. Especially, I think, um, the journey you all have to go through in that sense. First of all, it's a, a very encompassing and very endearing company that I'm working with. Any stupid, straight question that came out from my mouth or comment that came out from my mouth, they were very like, they just laugh it off and they, they are very nice to just, eh, okay, yeah, mm, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. When I was Googling and, and finding out, uh, your podcast came up. And I was oh, like, really? Yeah. And I, I started listening and uh, there were quite a few episodes that I tuned into. Uh, and one of those that struck, um, I think, quite a heavy chord, it was the coming out episode. Um, right. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, how... And then this is where I need to kick in all the uh, imagination and, and just... Um, really understand what um, y'all were talking about. Um, of course, I had all my other friends that I, I, I reached out to, um, Shochen, who's uh, another cast in this performance. I also sort of, uh, Sho, can we have coffee? <laughs> I would like to ask you some things. <laughs> yeah, things like that. And they were lovingly open for me to just ask these questions. It definitely changed my perspective of this LGBTQ life. And it's not just being out and proud. There's so much more before even saying you are out and proud. There's so much more that needs to be done. And I'm very appreciative of understanding this journey. And uh, my character that I play, uh, Jiaming, he is, I think compared to the other three characters, he is closeted, very, very much closeted. And his whole life, mm-hmm. he only knows about straight acting in that sense. He will just play straight. And everything else around his life will be um, after midnight hours. His real like gay life will then start. Yeah, in the shadows in that sense. I think all the social constructs and everything, I can relate to it. Darren personally can relate to it. How uh, the family's uh, construct of an upbringing. Uh, Then there comes the tricky part, which is all the hiding. Then I was like, oh, what is it? So I, I dig down a little bit deeper to to understand the, the, the really rough road that queer people have to go through just to even being safely in the shadows, right? Yeah. Definitely this journey for me was... was um, not easy, but also at the same time, it enlightened me so much more. 
Mm-hmm. And um, before this show, so I am also quite open in my support for the LGBTQ community. I look back at like my the the first Pink Dot event that I uh, participated with my then girlfriend now wife. Uh, it was in 2017. I was just looking at it because uh, looking at hey, we attended the Pink Dot a couple of times actually, and then I look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the knife straight guy just going there. But I guess there's something about just showing up in pink. Yes. Um, Your allyship matters, right? If you and I were in the same room with like eight other people, and say I was being picked on, you then, as an ally, have that opportunity to be like back off, and your presence in that room would matter. And I know many people who have benefited from that person in the room stepping in. I may not completely understand your situation. I may not understand your story completely, but I know this is bullshit. And this needs to stop. I am really grateful that that you had a chance to to get to know us, and and you're interested to want to get to know a, a queer character, and to also like join us on this podcast as well. You know, you're absolutely more than welcome to do so. And Devin, can I also just say you your first ping dot was 2017. My first ping dot was as a gay guy is 20 was 2018. Hey. So. You were braver than me in some sense. And it was it's because of people like you and I have talked about this in previous episodes of this podcast. Walking into Hong Lim Park in 2018 and like being welcomed by familiar faces, LGBTQ, straight even, straight allies that I didn't even know were allies, but I saw them and I was like, I know for a fact they're straight, but here they are with their girlfriend or whatever. It's because of people like you and I was like, Thank you. And and like all those other conversations like coming out and everything didn't even have to happen. Mm. I can't stress enough how important that is for people like us actually. Just wanted to put that in perspective. Like, you know, so and as someone who has also watched your play, your on stage character, Jia Ming, have that struggle with his mother, played by the wonderful Guat Kian, by the way, who's an amazing <laughs> actress. But seeing the dynamic between both of you and it's like I actually like choked up quite a few times and my friends as well because we could relate so much to it and I really appreciated that. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're a straight actor or like gay actor or whatever. Like, you know, I really appreciated you telling that story which we could really all relate to especially with that particular type of Asian parent who shows love in a way that her child may not appreciate. You know? Um... It just it just brought back a lot of memories and a lot of like tricky conversations and like maneuverings with my own parents and I think that a lot of queer people can actually relate to that and so I thank you for telling the story so genuinely and so beautifully also yeah. and especially as some for a straight person like you do to portray like you know that queer struggle so vividly and 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 I would say realistically also I feel like it's quite a feat and so kudos to you yeah not absolutely. just for being a great actor but also just for yeah, just for actually helping us tell our story, like, you know, through this wonderful play by Thomas. So thank you so much, like both of you, really. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 funny, it's straight acting and then he's straight acting gay. But you know, the thing is, ultimately when we look at these characters, we find versions of that that we can relate to, or we find ourselves in those characters or people that we know, and I think that's the most important thing. 
so yeah, I'm very excited to go see straight acting. I'm actually quite nervous about it because I hear it's going to be a tearjerker. But I also hear it's really fun and funny. So I'm going to go see it for the first time. I think so I'm just going to see it a second time. Where can we get tickets and when is straight acting showing again, please? You can get tickets on Sistic. It's at the Wild Rice Theatre at Funan. The Nian Kong Si Theatre. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the SG Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.